This week on Erotic Awakening. Managing multiple power exchange relationships, betting for needles, and is it sex without orgasm? Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. Patron supporters receive a free version of the audiobook Polyamory Toolkit, as well as a free early access to the podcast, free ebooks, exclusive chats, and other comments. Check out all the options at eroticawakening.com. And thank you to all our supporters. Hi, Hi. Dawn. Hi, Dan. Today on the podcast, uh, we're going to be talking about managing those multiple power exchange relationships. And then we have a interesting questions about what is it sex without an orgasm as well. Vetting for needles. Let's jump right into it. Awesome. So, um, yeah, multiple power exchange relationships. So right now. I have a power exchange relationship with you. Yes, sir. I have a power exchange relationship with T. Yes. I have a non-power exchange relationship with a couple of other people. And one that is power exchange, but with a very limited scope of pretty much good morning, good night. Hope you're doing well. Is that... Is that the long distance one? That's checkers, yes. Right. So you've got some that are long distance and some that, well, me. And funny enough, a lot of the people that I have relationships with that are either submissive to me or my submissives or my pets have their own dominance. They have other dominance in their life as well. Right. But before we get into managing oh, wait. that. But that's all you. Yes. I'm here too. Well, you are indeed. But, and that's why I was going to start with you. Oh, okay. What is it like to be one of the submissives or one of the followers instead of being the follower? Oh, so we're going to start there. Not that I could have multiple relationships as well. Well, okay. you, you certainly can. <laughs> you, in our relationship, the way we've got things built, you are certainly allowed to have multiple power exchange relationships. You simply choose not to, though. No, I do have um, power exchangey play partners, though. Right. right? Mm-hmm. And my vanilla boyfriend is kinky. It's not a power exchange relationship, but he can be on the kinky side. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you're right. I do. I choose not to have more than one master. Yes, I know. And was, I'm okay with that. I was certainly not suggesting that you're you're not out there with your um, I'm just being bratty. Whoa, went right over your head again. <laughs> I'm totally making that my new ring ringtone. I'm just being bratty. So, no, I choose not to. And we can talk a little bit more about that later well, if actually, you don't mind. I, and actually, I think that is a good question. Why do you choose not to? Why? Be- but we have to get to my question first. Oh, okay. So, so what is the experience? Question. What is the experience of your experience of being the a, one of the followers. You used to be the only follower, and now you're just one of many. Have I ever been the only follower? Off and on. Off and on. Off and on between other relationships. Because I'm thinking from the beginning, we've had either people we've dated together that's been a follower of yours, or you've had other followers. I feel like. In some way, shape, or form, 
I've pretty much not been the only one. So I'm speaking kind of slow here because mm-hmm. I'm trying to sure. see if this is actually truth or not. Because um, sometimes memories can, can be a little not. Right? So it feels like to me that I've always been one of a few. Okay. But if we look at 22 years, and we're getting ready to hit 22 years, power exchange and polyamorous, um, there's probably been gaps in there, right? Where where you haven't had other followers. But um, I'm going to have to say, how do I feel about that, of being one of a few? Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to say many, but there have been many over the years. Um, I guess it would depend when you ask me. Right now, you're asking me 22 years into it, and it's not such a big deal, right? So I get to listen to you share stories with me about how far along you are in it and Mm -hmm. what might happen and what you're looking forward to and how cool this is. And all of that's really cool at the moment, but that does not suggest that it's always been like that. Right. Mm-hmm. I've had problems before in that I wanted to be the best, not necessarily the only, but the best. OK. And maybe even the first. Right. The most important one, mm-hmm. simply because we are full time and we do have so much wrapped up in each other. And when you're at least in the past, when you're all excited about another submissive that can do this thing that I can't do or is better at that thing, or maybe is is not even as good as me at doing something, but you're giving them this, this task, mm-hmm. there can be some envy in there and some jealousy and some um, self-doubt, I guess is where a lot of that comes in, right? Self-doubt, and I'm sure there's um, low self-esteem mm-hmm. and all of that that I had to work on. So, you know, and each new person you bring in I end up having to do some work on me. It's not always the same stuff, though. I wonder if this might end up being a two-part show because there's a lot that goes into it from the follower's perspective, and we haven't even touched on what it's like to be the leader of a multi-power exchange relationships. What tools have you found to be the most valuable to help manage the situation? Um, well, we can look at the polyamory toolkit, right? Mm-hmm. So um, a big one that pops into my head is not to take things personally. A lot of times if you give, and I really, it took a while for me to learn this. Um, if you give someone one of, quote, my responsibilities, none of them are my responsibilities, right? They're yours that you allow me to have sort of thing. Um yeah, I have to remember it's not about me. Mm-hmm. It's not because I'm lacking. It's because you want to give something to someone else. So, yeah, there, there's a lot in there, right? There's the joy journal. There's the shit. Almost anything that's in that book is because of our power exchange in Polly. Well, I'll push back on that a little bit to say most of the things that are in the polyamory toolkit are polygeneric. Right. Yes, but they were created by people that are polyamorous and power exchange. But isn't is the jealousy 
or the challenges when I date a vanilla girl, the same as when I bring in. Oh, there's because more. There's more with a vanilla girl. Absolutely. Because now not only are you rejecting power exchange is how I first thought of it, but now I have to watch the power struggle. And that makes it much more challenging. I feel like in the power exchange situations, you are more involved. And not to say that you're not saying we're having threesomes and such. <laughs> but when it comes to power exchange, I can think of a couple of different events that we have brought my power exchange partners to, which mm -hmm. that is much more would be a much more rare thing in a vanilla situation where my vanilla relationships are their own thing. The power exchange relationships are my thing, but you're involved in that thing. So doesn't that make it harder to deal with that? It's in your face. You have to see this other follower serving me. And probably you have to see them follow serving me in a way that's more poorly done than you know you could do. Oh, see, I, I'm going to push back on that, right? So, yes, challenging to see you with other power exchange people, mm -hmm. other people that you've put in your collar. Um, but at this point, I've got enough self-esteem that it doesn't bother me at all, okay? So, uh, no, I'm not trying to challenge that. <laughs> I don't want it to bother me, so thank you. I've had enough growth over the last 22 years. Um, but it is just as hard with the vanilla because of the power struggle. I am watching my master not be a master. In the power exchange relationships, I'm seeing my master be himself. Okay? So, yes, there's some challenges there because you're being yourself not with me. Right? So, but in the other instance, you know, with vanilla partners, very challenging for me to, to see you not in your seat of power. Is it more challenging when for example if i do a collaring ritual with one of the new people mm -hmm. if i say oh by the way you're involved you have a job in this here's what you're going to be doing or would you prefer to just be on the sideline and just let it happen and not you know have to participate well i've experienced both at this point yeah. so um i can remember being part of Slave Gems. So I was part of that. Mm -hmm. I was part of Bats, mm -hmm. Kame Bats. I was part of... Who else have you collared? Oh, so I can think of one I was not part of. Mm -hmm. um, wow, I must not be a very good answerer of your questions right now because... At the moment, I'm thinking, I'm good either way. Mm -hmm. But that's just how far I've grown. If you'd have asked me this 10 years ago, you would have had a much different response. So let us let me change it a little bit to if one of the people that you mentor asked you this question, what would you recommend? They say, you know what? Um, my, my leader has offered me to be a direct participant in this. 
or mm-hmm. to be off to the sideline, but I'm going to be there regardless. So direct participant, maybe I'm going to hand the collar to my uh, leader and then he's going to put it on her or I'm going to act as uh, maybe there's a, a, a formal contract and I'm going to be a witness. I would imagine that that is the easier way to go, to be involved in it, right? Because then you feel important and you're part of the decisions. And, you know, the, the leader is thinking about your feelings and wanting you to be involved. And that would make it a lot easier, right? But then again, some people don't want to be involved. So for me... I know I'm making it confusing for you. No, I'm it's not, not because sure. you, that that last sign, line is inconsequential because you're a follower, and we've started off by saying the leader says you will be involved. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of are you going to be on the sideline or not. Mm-hmm. So you still you're going to be there, right? So I don't know. I feel like I've participated both ways, but. In the past, I have liked being part of it. So I think I'm picturing right now the one that you just collared. Was I there? No. I was not. And it's not a big deal. So this is why it's hard for me to answer this question. Well, so for you at this point, it's somewhat easier because you do have a good, well-developed self-esteem. But, right. There was there was a moment that clicked where I don't know what happened, but I jumped a hurdle. And once I jumped that hurdle, it's hard to even remember what the older feelings were that I had, which is what makes it difficult to answer this. So if um if a mentoree came to me, like mm-hmm. you said, and the master said, You are going to be there for the call, me calling this other person, would it be easier for them to participate or watch? And I would say participate. So. Okay. And literally, it's so that you are part of it and it feels like the leader is watching out for your emotions and keeping you in a safe space. I don't want to answer for any follower, but I can't imagine not being involved being a participant that's not involved is mm-hmm. akin to pretending it's not going on. No, but if you're not involved, you would still be involved because you could hold sacred space. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean you're you're handing the collar to anyone or have words to speak or anything like that. I mean, the importance could be just holding sacred space so that the ceremony can take place between the two people involved. That's fair. So, yeah, but I I find it funny that as a leader, you're saying, I can't imagine as a follower. Mm, that's right. No, and, and, but <laughs> I did start that comment by saying I probably shouldn't comment on that. We'll talk about the, the reverse side of this on our next show. Mm-hmm. So one more question on this one is how come you have the right, you have permission to find another leader to fill your life with people? And you dig power exchange. Mm-hmm. Why don't you have another leader, master, dominant, uh, full-time dominance in your life? Because I like my focus being on you. I don't particularly want to split up between two people. 
in my, I know people do it. I know you have someone in your collar right now that is doing it, right? And successfully. For me and the way my brain works and the way my emotions work, when it comes to power exchange, you're my number one. And I don't want my focus to be on anyone else in a power exchange way. I don't want to have to think about, well, if you want me to do something one way and someone else wants me to do it another way, you know, who am I going to displease? Mm -hmm. Because my goal is to please and I don't know that I can please two people at once. So maybe that's, you know, one of my downfalls or whatever you want to call it. But I don't know that I could or would want to do that. I would say I think that for... The people in my life currently that have other leaders in their life, and this doesn't take anything away from those leaders, but I do provide a different aspect than those leaders do. So I think that's why for them, and we will have to ask them, but I think that's why for them, it makes sense to have the, a multiple leader relationship. What I'm hearing you say is that I am fulfilling all of your needs and wants and desires so there's really no purpose in finding another person to fill that role. Right. So in a full-time power exchange relationship, I've got what I need. Mm -hmm. So um, I play at power exchange, at dom-sub play, mm -hmm. at events and with the boyfriend and things like that. So I've got little nibbly bits of other types of power exchange. But it's not something that's actually missing in my life. Those are additions to what I already have. Does that make sense? Absolutely. It, it's kind of like when I try to explain polyamory. So people are like, oh, yeah, no one can provide everything for you. Of course, you've got holes in your life and you need to fill it with other people. No, that's not what polyamory is for me. I have what I need in this relationship. Everything else is an addition. It's not that it's filling holes. I don't necessarily have holes in my relationship. So I was going to say something naughty there. <laughs> I do have holes, don't I? I? Know. I <laughs> they're all holes. filled. <laughs> well, they're not filled at the moment. Um, they were earlier. So next week's show, <laughs> we will talk about this question on the opposite side. What's okay. it like for a leader to not only have, deal with multiple power exchange relationships, but also dealing with multiple power exchange leaders that I have to interact with. So that's all good stuff. And I wouldn't mind you asking me more questions about my side either, if you wanted to, because I'm sitting here thinking of um, different things that we could talk about. Because I'm betting, even though you're probably ready to move on to the next stuff, I'm betting that you would like it if I got to a point of, oh, thank God, he's got someone else in his collar that takes some work off of my plate. So, or things like that, mm -hmm. that I was more willing to give stuff up or give things away or whatever, so that you didn't feel like you were taking things from me. I don't really feel like that right now. Again, we've talked about time and how time goes by and we're different animals than we used to be. Mm -hmm. I don't feel right now that you cling to a lot of things. No, but I used to be a clinger. Mm -hmm. Holy cow. Mm -hmm. So, And that's one of the things we'll have to talk about on that next show is how as a leader do you avoid that? Do you avoid letting you, having your follower feel like they have to give up the parts that make the relationship what it is? 
Well, I'm going to write down clingy. Oh, I had another word. Clingy and crud. All right. It hopefully, no, but hopefully that'll be enough to uh, remind me of what it was that I was thinking of. You keep looking for that other word. It might be in <laughs> California, Maryland, Texas, Toronto, Pennsylvania, or Detroit. And if it is there, good will be there and we'll find it at the various events <laughs> that we have coming up, including some new ones that hasn't quite made it to the script yet. But I will give you a hint. Rhymes with, oh, they just won a Super Bowl. How's oh, that for a good really? Hint? Oh, nice, nice, nice. So keep up with all of our events, book news and discounts, and more via the Erotic Awakening newsletter. And get your EA shout-out like Jesse in Florida. And Ashley in Illinois. So head over to eroticawakening.com and subscribe today. So Don, I really Ooh. am looking forward to talking about this next question. Good, because um, I remembered my word, so I'm typing while you talk. We were at, or you were asked on one of your meetings that I did not attend. Um, how does a bottom go about vetting someone for needle play? And that's particularly if they are uh, going to an event where they're new to the space or they're new to the dungeon, right? It's not like your hometown where you might be interacting with someone for four or five years. Exactly. And it's not like they're new to the scene. So they are not new to the scene, the lifestyle. Um, but they are going to a new party by themselves. They're newly single and um, they want to play. And they have found out that someone there does needle play and they wanted to know how to vet them. So I actually reached out to our group on Discord and asked them. And K for Kinky, K is for Kinky, had a really good answer. And they say, I would suggest starting by asking them their safety hygiene procedures. You know, I wouldn't have thought of that because... Mm -hmm. Uh, my first thought with the person that asked the question was, ooh, needles right off the bat. Man, that could be fluid bonding if a needle slips, right? So K, K is for Kinky had a great suggestion of starting by asking them their safety and hygiene procedures and protocols. If the bottom knows needle play safety, which this one does, they will know if that top knows at least the basics of safety. So making sure they have those supplies if they are looking to play at the party and other suggestions, ask if there's anyone at the party who has bottomed for them and talk to them. Also having someone supervise the scene or talk to the head DM dungeon monitor or host and see if there's an experienced person who can supervise. And uh, Bassanos replied to that and said, yeah, they absolutely agreed with the second part mm -hmm. that um, safety protocols, you, you know, maybe the bottom may or may not know what those are. But asking someone experienced to supervise the scene or talking to another person that's bottomed for that needle top or talking to the host, those are all great ideas. So um, person that asked the question, you know who you are and I know you listen to the podcast. And, and we appreciate we appreciate the uh, response both from uh, Basanos and Ks for Kinky. Uh, if you enjoyed Ks for Kinky's response, then you could actually check out the Ks for Kinky podcast, which Ooh, I've actually nice. been listening to lately, and I hate podcasts. I've enjoyed what? listening to this. <laughs> that's because we have our own. No, it's because I don't drive anymore. I don't have. Uh, that's a big one. I need to start going on longer trike rides so that, because there's two that I want to listen to. That's what I get caught up on. Yeah. I want to listen to K is for Kinky and Cauldron's Crypt. That I just did a submissive roundtable for two days ago. 
So awesome, and, and, awesome. And that's out there on the YouTube, right? Yep, that is what I understand. So um, T posted the YouTube link on FET. So we should probably put that out there. Very cool. So other than that... <laughs> other than that, we got a random text last night from some patron supporters that we're friends with. And um, the text came across as... If you have sex and neither one of you come, is it considered sex or does it count? I think is how they worded mm -hmm. it. And neither one of you come, does it count? And um, I wanted to reply, absolutely. So, and instead I replied, so that's happened to me and Dan before. <laughs> and yes, it counts. <laughs> you say that like it was a thing that was not planned and sometimes it's not planned. Right. But a lot of times planned. it is planned. A lot of times we have sex, non-orgasmic sex on purpose. So, and that's just to ramp up the energy levels so that, you know, we've got the energy to do a lot of things. And actually, we should actually talk about this in a sacred sexuality episode. Yes. But actually, when we um, play and fool around and don't have an orgasm, it actually makes me more connected to everything. You... The trees, the everything. Mm -hmm. I feel everything. So we kind of do that on purpose. But, you know, sometimes it happens and it's not on purpose. And, you know, like they said, stress, stress can be a bitch. So if you're under stress and, and you just can't get there or you get halfway through playing around and then things just kind of piddle out. Mm -hmm. I mean, that that happens. That's par for for the course especially if you're in a long time relationship, well, sure. right? So, yeah. The short counts. version of to me the short version of it is just not a big deal. Yeah. You know, sometimes things are fantastic and y'all and everybody comes at the same time and sometimes it doesn't. And that's the nice thing about long-term relationships, you get to try and try again. Indeed. So, um <laughs> Peachy sent me a picture. Did I show you this? I don't think I showed you this. And do I even have it so she sent me a picture on Instagram, and it was a TikTok. Let's see. Let me get over here. Look at this tattoo. Mm -hmm. So it is a tattoo of a kinky octopus. Oh, look at look at that. So it's all bound up in leather, mm -hmm. and then it's got a ball gag, but it's not wearing the ball gag. It looks like it's going to shove it in someone's mouth. <laughs> and then it's got a paddle, and it's got spikes. It's got a crop. It's it's got all kind of things wow, available for a... play, isn't that awesome? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, that is beautiful. And I was trying to figure out which body part this. Is. I finally figured it out. That's an ass cheek, so it's the thigh. Oh, okay. It's the side of the thigh. <laughs> and you know what? I would love to get that tattoo, mm -hmm. but it's got to go in a spot that uh, uh, the grandchild couldn't see it. Fair, because that is very obvious as to what that is. <laughs> That is a kinky octopus looking for a play partner. <laughs> Take a moment to support the podcast. Read us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Oh my gosh, I lost my place. <laughs> or just or tell just your tell friends. friends. Feel free to reach out to us. We love interacting with you. Contact us with questions, podcast comments, or just to say hi. You can find us at FetLife as Day and Dawn. We are Erotic Awakening on Instagram. Or use the links of the Erotic Awakening website, Facebook, and Discord. Or just email us at Dan and Dawn at eroticawakening.com. Bye, Dawn. Bye, Dan.